Hello and welcome to Through the Turnstiles podcast as we take an in-depth look at the lower leagues of Scottish football. Joined as always by Muzz and James. How are you gentlemen? Bad. Good, good. Good, thanks. Good. So as we mentioned last week, we're running with that format still of the three shorter episodes, um, one per division for League Two, League One in the Championship, as opposed to one longer episode. So in this edition, we'll uh, review the limited fixtures that took part due to the weather last weekend and preview the upcoming Scottish Cup uh, fixtures, which we're, we're looking forward to. As always, if you're watching on YouTube, if you could do us a massive favour and like the video and subscribe to the channel, that would help us massively. We're also on Spotify. You can find us by searching through the Turnstiles podcast and on Twitter by searching at Turnstiles there. And there's new content comes out every Thursday at 12 noon. So you know when to look out for us and see the latest of what we've got. So, Muzz, before we get into the football, I said last week the momentum's growing. It continues to grow. Journeyman Spot of the Week. Yeah, I'll dip back into the, the pot of gold. Um, to bring out another uh, another few journeyman spots of the week to add to the collection. Um, we're back on the main source, which has been um, the well-documented um, football forum, uh, Scottish football forum. Um, once again, the name escapes me, um, but I have the entrance here. Um, Golden Shoe winner, he has informed us that he once sold a twister wrap to Ian McCall when he worked at KFC. <laughs> he offered him a free drink, but uh, McCall kindly declined. Um, on the subject of McCall, we're, we're sort of adding to, we're getting a good insight to his um, shopping habits here because Paul Bruce Rick is his name, who is an Area United fan. He met Ian McCall at a petrol station in Coke Bridge. Opening day of the season and we'd lost 3-0. He bought cigarettes, menthol ones. So not only do we know what kind of fags Ian McCall likes puffing on, uh, we also know he's prone to the odd twister rap from KFC. Depending on um, spice, he's taken a huge gamble by not accepting the free drink. Mm-hmm. Aye, it's, an, you know, especially being free. And... Uh, it's irony if he doesn't want a fizzy drink for health purposes, given that, like you say, he's probably about to spark up some menthols on the way home. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Yeah, I remember my misspent youth. I um, was in a shop buying Pringles. I think it was crisp. Yeah, chubby crisps, Pringles, and uh, I've taken them to the counter. Women at the counter goes. Let's buy one, get one free, so pick yourself up another tube. And I go, no, it's all right. And she's like, no, but it's free, so just take another tube. And I was like, aye, but I don't want two tubes, because if I get two tubes, we eat two tubes. No, but take another tube. And I was like, I don't want another tube. I'm now getting the feeling that she must have had, because if you're offered a free drink, just take it. Like, what? get a bottle of water. Get it in your fridge. What's he, what's he losing by not taking that free drink? I know. He's uh... got a free drink there. Just, I'll have that. <laughs> At least he's not going. If for you have the... one sip and put it in the bin. I know. At least he's not going for the boneless banquet. He's just went in and took a wrap. I'm, I'm, I'm baffled by. Uh, but not surprised. I'm wondering if, um, I'm wondering if he just smokes menthol cigarettes specifically after a loss. Has he got a maybe after a victory? Well, maybe a cigar. <laughs> um, a draw, maybe a pack of Benson and Hedges, something solid. <laughs> but maybe there's something. 
and something to do with a, a connection between the, the defeat and the menthol cigarettes, we don't know. Well, this season you have plenty of menthol butts lying about, aren't it? It's not, it's not great for his health for this season, is it? Um, I wonder if he's still on them, to be fair. Yeah, it looks like it not. sounds like it from the touchline. To complete uh, the the three today, the Honest Man, um, 1910, also a United fan, obviously. Um, I remember being at Elliot's in Presswick. Somebody called... Uh, sorry, somebody called... Rewind. Um, the third entry uh, to round us off for this episode comes from Honest Man, 1910, also a new United fan. He remembers being at Elliot's in Prestwick. Somebody called Gary Harkins a lazy bastard after the Player of the Year in 2017, causing an argument in the process. As it would. That is audacious. Um, <laughs> To his face as well, especially once drinks yeah. been partaken, I'm mad imagine. And if he's one player of the year in 2017, then... <laughs> uh, yeah. What does that say about the rest of the lads? No, they're decent, to so, be fair. There's, there's three good ones there. Um, uh, we don't get a lot where there's actual interaction with um, with the journeyman. So, yeah, most... It's good, it's good to see that they've been approached now and they're not on a, on a pedestal above the, the everyman. Absolutely, and... I think it's important as well that people continue to send these in. So we deserve to know more about the, the more famous names in the Scottish lower leagues. As well, we and say the more mundane, the better. And that's um, that's a good example of uh, journeyman managers as mm. well. They're also more than welcome. Absolutely. So as Muzz said, uh, and I think as I said last week, due to technical issues, we're not on the Beefy Drink Forum currently. Um so what to do is if you've got any genuine spots of the week you'd like to submit, if you could put them in the comments this video on YouTube or let's say get in touch with us via Twitter at Turnstiles there is the handle. So moving on to League Two, uh, Card was decimated a bit by the weather with three games being off. Stirling Albion travelled to Stenny. We spoke last week about the, the venue being switched uh, to get the game ahead and it did have a pitch inspection, I think, about half 12. Um, there was... Stalin Albion were a goal up through Dominic Docherty. And obviously, after that Dominic Docherty goal, there was an unfortunate injury to, I think it was Adam McCracken from Steny, an accidental collision with his own player that knocked him unconscious. And I think he's now out of the hospital with a concussion. But at that, the same time, the referee then deemed the pitch to be unplayable. So that game was called to a halt. I think initially there'd been reports it was due to the injury, but I think it was potentially a combination of both. Yeah, they, they, they were saying that the the stoppage in the injury while McCracken was getting treated allowed the referees to inspect the surface and kind of uh, reassess um, whether the game was able to go on. Uh, and they basically decided to call it, but I don't think there was much uh, complaints from either camp regarding the sort of seriousness of the injury and everything like that. I think mm. that maybe sounded like it kind of knocked the stuffing out of some of the players anyway. So yeah, um, it's, it's one of those interesting ones where... I think they've. I'm not. I don't know the ins and outs, but they've had all. They've they've switched the fixture to the art, artificial surface to try and help the chances of it going on. They've kicked. They've they've had all day to kind of assess the pitch. They've kicked off. What's changed in half an hour? Uh, yeah, it's interesting Only. because on Twitter the Sterling Albion had, uh, chairman had tweeted earlier in the day. I think saying the game's definitely on. And then he then tweeted 
early afternoon, I think, saying, or contrary to what the Stenhouse Mayor Chief Executive has told me, James, we now actually need a pitch inspection. So it sounds like there's a wee bit of confusion potentially there about if the game is even going to go ahead. And then, um, obviously, there's been inspection. The referee's passed it. But like Muzz says, what could, especially with players running on it, you'd think the surface would only potentially get better as the day gets warmer in the afternoon as well. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> there was a lot of talk um, when Levy's game against Aberdeen got called off about these apparent all-weather pitches, even though they're not technically all-weather, they're just Astro or whatever their, their blend is. But I think what their suggestion was that actually that you can get a wee bit caught up and it's basically just like running and playing on ice. So if you deem some part of the pitch playable, then it's not necessarily going to be thawed out sort of all over. So there might have been some players getting in the ear of the referee, some players maybe coming down for a header or that. It's just through the legs, through the back, whatever. And it's just actually probably we shouldn't have done it. So We've I don't got... know as well if there was maybe some pressure from anybody to say, look, we've swapped this fixture so it can go ahead. And the referee's then feeling like, oh, well, we have to do this. We, we both know me relatively well from kind of playing and coaching there. And I think it was a corner as you come out the tunnel, obviously there's a stand on one side. I think mm. it was on that side in the, the right-hand corner. So potentially if that stand being put in the pitch into shade, the sun's maybe not hit that corner as much as... I'm as convinced there's always a, a puddle at that corner as well. I think you might be right. So if it drains downwards and that's a, a frozen corner, you're in a bit of bother. But Aye. you imagine, I don't know how the... How, um, Pitch inspections work, but you imagine if it's me, I'm checking corners, I'm checking goal mouth, penalty spot, like your areas of activity mm -hmm. and deeming them playable or not. So you would imagine if it was that corner or in that sort of region, that gets checked before the games go ahead. But it's gonna it's gonna be interesting, uh, Moz, isn't it? About because see if I'm if I'm Stenny and with a game being obviously needing to be rearranged, I'm saying Right, well, let's rearrange it for Fourth Bank where it was originally meant to be, as opposed to arranging it at Oakville View, because they play each other again in March, and surely if both teams are duking out the playoff, they'll both want to be at home. So mm -hmm. I'd imagine the rearranged game will need to be at Oakville View because that's where it started. But if I was Dennis Muir, I'd be asking the question about getting it flipped back to Fourth Bank as it was originally meant to be. I suppose so, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know, again, how it works, but by letter of the law, Will they have to resume at Ockle View and will they have to kick off at the time that it was postponed? I think it's if you've played a certain amount, it kicks off from there. But if you've not, it's from the start. I'll be interested when I actually see what happens because obviously it's, it's a harsh one for Stalin, obviously, being a go-ahead if it does go back to 0-0. But like you say, if the pitch is... There doesn't appear to be on the highlights much complaint from either side. And it, on the highlights, if you watch it, both the sets of players are walking off the pitch having kind of bumped fists or whatever and the guy that's injured still on the ground but in the recovery position with the physio yeah. from both sides and the yeah. doctor so it must have been a relatively bad injury but like I say glad that he's out with just a I say just a concussion but it's, it could have been a lot worse it's a bit like the it's a bit like the situation with, with Camelin and uh, Rora Rangers where again Camelin staff have obviously put in an absolute overtime shift trying to get that pitch ready mm. Um and even more so knowing that the distance Brewer have had to travel to come down. So you would have to you'd want to be even more certain. Um and you know, obviously that game has been cancelled as well, about half an hour into it, forty five yeah, maybe, even, so, at, yeah. maybe yeah. even at half time it was, was it or something? Mm -hmm. But again, you just wonder like 
because these guys have you know they've, they've got like a sort of four or five hour journey from from up north you know you've got a forecast you've got <laughs> you, you you know the pitch you know you know what i mean that you just think and, and hearts have got the weekend have, off now because that's still not been played the came on yeah it's still not been played is it so yeah it's yeah. one of those ones you just wonder why is it going ahead in the first place but again i'm not by all accounts as well, Brora kind of took it took it quite well and things like that. I think so. And the Sterling one's maybe gone ahead because the, t- the relative distance from the teams is close and obviously there's no fans, so they can almost leave the pitch inspection late. That's, I think, James touched on Livingston-Aberdeen. I think the pitch inspection was two hours before kickoff. Now, if fans are making their way to that game, that's too close. But as long as the Aberdeen team are willing to travel, then it, it's not too much of, a, of an issue, is it? So... The game that managed there's, always, to, there's always pre, there's pressure on the authorities as well to 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 get fixtures played and clubs mm-hmm. want to keep the momentum going to play as well. So you, you know you, there's loads of factors to consider, I suppose. Unless you're Celtic, anyway. Uh, yeah, right. So the, phone. <laughs> the game that went ahead, all three of us got right in the predictions, which is the last we're going to mention the predictions because it's about the only one we did get right. Stranraer, big victory. Uh, James against Annan, two 0 I um, and I think we weren't really surprised by that based on the fact that we'd all suggested that was going to be the case. Um, mm-hmm. Saying as well as we did that, Stranraer really needed to be getting their getting their act together and, and making this this climb up the table. This is a or was a really good victory for them points wise, and like we say, a wee bit expected in terms of where Anne and are in relative terms, but mm-hmm. seemed. Um, I was going to say, by all accounts, a fairly comprehensive victory, but by that I mean relatively untroubling for Stranraer. It didn't seem like there was too much really for them to contend with. Not comprehensive in terms of Stranraer keeping the ball and just passing them off the pitch, playing them off the pitch, but comprehensive in that they never really seemed bothered. <clears throat> Almost as good as wrapped up by, um, obviously, a sending off, but then a goal just after to seal the deal. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a fairly fairly straightforward one, um, and one that I'm quite happy to sit back and say I got that one right, along with my Cowden Beef postponed shout. <laughs> so, Mazza, actually, not just to run up to third ahead of Stalin Albion. Stalin Albion got that game in hand, obviously, with the Stenhouse Muir game, but you'd almost rather have the points in the bag, wouldn't you? This you know, this season, given you know points per game potentially, and with a shortened season, just get like you say, get the games played, get the points in the bag. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, Stranar will be. They've kind of um, they're in a good put themselves in a good position there. Um, it's better to be sort of setting the pace than trying to catch up um, with the teams around you. So, um, yeah, really good, solid win, like James said, kind of professional job. Um, goals right across that sort of front three. I think Payton and Orr scored at the weekend, and Duffy just um, knows where the net is. He doesn't seem to stop. I think they're kind of free of a lot of their injury problems now. Um, they're they're pretty much full strength. Like, um, I think that's more or less the same team they've been mm-hmm. rolling out the last few uh, weeks. Yeah, definitely. And again, their bench is you've got Sean Burns, Hilton, Jam Toria, Cameron Elliott, who featured quite a lot for them in League One. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max, Jamie Hamill. They've got a full bench. They had I think nine players on the bench. Uh, they're looking decent. And, things are looking good for them. You know, suddenly, unlike you say that 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 kind of 
lofty position of, of third. Okay, with the with the game, uh, you know, the game ahead of Sterling Albion, Elgin, Queens Park. But you you play the game when you you know when you can, and it's it's yeah, you take the, the momentum. Yeah, absolutely. And James, although I've just said you'd rather have the points in the bag than the games in hand, for Annan, you know, seventh on eight points, counting me for a point behind them, Albion Rovers a further point. Both those teams have got two games in hand now on Annan. Aye, really quite concerning for Annan, um, especially when I, <clears throat> I've gone and checked the, the form table. I think that's them now with a similar form, no wins in five. Mm-hmm. Um, Four four losses, I think, which is equal to that sort of form that Brecon are in. So, much as we like to sit here and rag on Brecon, not being very good, Annan sort of aren't kicking the arse off that. Um, obviously, they're they're a wee bit off in terms of the fact they are scoring a couple more goals and they're not letting in as many. But the way things are going form wise, and like you've said, points per games and things, the trajectory and the trend isn't looking particularly great for Annan. Um, mm-hmm. And I think as well, if you're Annan. And you're looking down. I, I obviously have said many times that I like Cowden Beef, but there's no many folk below you in terms of Albion and Brecon that are going to challenge of that much, I would say. But again, looking up the table, there's no one really that you're picking points off. So no. are we really saying that Annan just now are going to be seventh or eighth? I think so. I think we said and should they be worried by Albion and Brecon? Or no, I see for me. Can you see them kicking on in the second half and taking points off? Stenny Edinburgh City Albion who are the three ahead of them No, see for me they're not getting the playoffs now they're 10 off it now um, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't think they'll do it uh, I don't think they'll go down so like you say for me personally I think they will be 7 for 8 unless there's a bit of business done in the January window but it needs to be good business the squad's decent on paper Mars, so I don't know if there's money there for them to strengthen or do they just accept like the playoffs are maybe a good bit off can't see us going down do we just kind of Sounds ridiculous to say in, in early January, but do we just carry on just now and then build for next season? Do you know what I mean? Because I said I don't think they're going to go up, and I don't think they're going to be there. Yeah, I agree with you in, in that sense. Um, they could be thinking, you know, let's see this season out. You know, treading water, as you say, kind of keep up. You know, obviously, if you can put a run together, mm-hmm. you, you you're still going to have ambition. I mean, I think Cammy Bell's come in, and obviously. Yeah, set a stall out saying he's got ambitions for the club what money's there and things like that I don't know but um, you, you obviously they'll, they'll still be harbouring ambitions of getting up the table and, and sort of chapping on the door of the playoffs but I can't see it happening they've got two big games coming up Cowden and, and Albion um, yeah they win both they, of them if they get two quick game. wins if they get two quick wins there they, they can, they'll pull away from the bottom and then you know, the, with that momentum, I, I said, I think I said last episode, I wouldn't be surprised to see Annan turn and put a run together. Um, but I think that that top five is the squad depth and those teams and the form that they're on. I just don't think they're going to bother those teams. I think there's in that in that squad, Muslo, that thinks going to inspire a run. Because if I'm sitting looking at the players. When I look at the lineups sort of week by week, there's no one really that I'm like, oh, that player's class is just not really clicking yet. Like, I'm, it's one of the more uninspiring squads of just guys who just just I do think things. They're all good players, don't get me wrong. Shout, I mean, who am I to say that? I mean, but... nah, you're right. You're right. Certainly, sort of across the back and stuff, they've got, they've got guys like Aidan Smith. Aidan um, Smith's Flanagan. the one I was thinking of. Yeah, Flanagan. 
Russell Curry's got a bit about him. Pettigrew, they've got they've got guys who you might call at that level kind of potential sort of game changers and things like that. But they've, they've taken, I think, they've taken probably partly to do the red card, but they've, they've changed the front two against Stranar. And they're not averse to, to making changes during matches and stuff like that to try and get back in game. So um, it's maybe there's just the, the managers looking around the squad and you're right, James, maybe like, where can I turn to, to, to kind of give ourselves a fighting chance here? There's just not enough firing cylinders. They were unlucky to lose. Uh, it was Jack Perdue, wasn't it? Got a really bad injury uh, that they had a GoFundMe for, I think, because you know it affected his day job and stuff. And I think ever since then, I'm not saying that's the reason why, but they've kind of toiled for a wee bit of creativity and things. And he was he'd started well. He'd started well. Um, so it does seem to kind of eerily coincide with that the the, the drop in form. But he's mm-hmm. a good player. But like you say, um, it's maybe more coincidence. I don't think there's that kind of standout player in no. that squad that when if they lose them that it's going to make that much of an impact but so you said Muzz have got two big games coming up so before then they travel if these games are on we're going to touch in the Scottish Cup games now uh, they've travelled to Formatine or Former Martin you're the Northern expert uh, how do you see that one going? Fort Martin is Fort Martin in the last round Annan um, beat Galaferidine quite narrowly 2-1 um, are Fort Martin a better team than Galaferidine? Hard to say, probably. Is it more of a test, I should say? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, you're looking at maybe, I, I think there'd be a good bet. We'll probably be odds against um, Annan going up there on the sort of bad form that we've been kind of lamenting. Um, and what with the journey, it being a slightly more difficult environment. Um, Fort Martin have got a few decent kind of pros there as well, or sort of seasoned journeymen, basically. Connor Geffens, uh, he's sort of been around the scene in Highland football. Paul Lawson, um, coached by Russell Anderson, by the way, who's been in some format. So, um, aye, Fort Martin for me. I'm going to back a draw, because I think Anna will maybe just scrape it out. Um, James? Are we getting draws here or are we just going straight through? I thought they'd gotten rid of the draws. Or am I, I think know? I'll go straight to extra time, actually. That's a good point. I'm going to go Annan on penalties then. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with us a wee bit here. I think it's a brilliant opportunity for Annan to sort of arrest their form and um, get back to winning ways, maybe, but I think they're potentially easier draws for them out there. Um, I'm, there's a lot of Highland League teams that I wouldn't fancy taking on, <clears throat> um, especially with that, that hike, like Muzz says. And to be fair, it probably doesn't play into or come into much effect if you're a professional footballer. But at the same time, how are you really going to avoid that um, sort of tiredness, fatigue of the travel? So, yeah, for me, I think it's all just it's all just stacked against Annan. And it's those little, little variables, I think, that will be... Um, Sort of the, the the tipping the scales towards for Martin for me. I'm, I'm saying we're saying that about the journey, um, James. But I'm also just thinking here, they go to Elgin in the league and stuff. So is that? Do you think that's a? Is the journey? Is the whole journey, long journey thing? Is that a unfounded cliche of Scottish football? Or do you think it has a? I, I mean, I said it myself, but do you think it, it does have a factor? 
That's one that arguably we should have asked Bill when he was on. Um, but any of the viewers out there, you know, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Does the, the journey make a difference? Um, and you could probably do a kind of study of teams traveling distances and results and things, but that'll be for somebody smarter. I feel like if I, was, if I was one of those teams, even if I suppose if I was Annan, I'd be sitting thinking, right, when we host Elgin, they'll be knackered or... I think even forever. subconsciously it'll be in your head as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, and you know, like if I'm out there in the dressing room, I'm mentioning it like they've been sat, especially now when they're not meant to be travelling like on mass. Like I'll be, I'd be sat in that dressing room going, "Aye, they've travelled miles, like cramped conditions. Usually up north they kick off a wee bit earlier for the floodlights and the conditions. I don't know what that'll be like. It'll be an earlier kick off as well, even a two o'clocker or whatever. Still going to be an issue for them." Um, so yeah, and, and I think when you're as equally matched, it's maybe getting into those sort of marginal gains, mm -hmm. marginal sort of a rooms rule for error. And talking of Elgin, as you spoke about, uh, Annan going up to Elgin, error up there on Saturday. How do you see that one panning out? Yeah, I think that's uh, oh, another. This this second round is full of full of games like this, um, form teams against bigger teams and. Um, you know, junior teams that could easily punch in sort of League One, League Two standard. Uh, yeah, we're going to come on to that in a minute, yeah. But so uh, this is an example, I think, uh, a bang on for Melgan City playing kind of expansive attacking football against uh, Air, who are going solid in the championship. Air kind of one, one, one of those teams, one of those teams that can um, get a get a result, kind of. On their day against against anyone in the league, um, yeah, maybe not for, form wise, maybe not they're, they're maybe not kind of flying, but they're they're solid kind of mm -hmm. mid to mid to lower table in the championship. So, um, which which puts this game in a, in a kind of bit more of an even keel me, um, given yeah, you know, you're you're right here, haven't won in the, in the last uh, five games. They're still six in the league, mm -hmm. but um. Um, do I say Elgin City are going to win? Is there going to be that many kind of upsets in this round? Because I'm I'm looking ahead at the fixtures. I'm kind of I've got a few upsets to predict in my mind. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of carry on with my Elgin City bandwagon in terms of backing them. Um, oh, I yeah. think we might we might win this. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go 90 minutes as well. I cannot see past there. I don't see how you see an Elgin win here. Um, I just, this could come back to me, but I think they're comfortable, you know. Uh, I know Elgin are playing well, yeah. but I think there's some championship teams I wouldn't fancy going up there. Maybe Aloha, maybe wouldn't fancy um, one or two others, but I think Air. I've got the players that have kind of done the lower league circuit, so I don't think there's going to be anything that surprises there when they go up there. You know, boys like Mikey Miller, Andy Murdoch, Joe Chalmers in the middle of the park, um, Jack Oof. Baird at centre half, Moffat, like you say, Cammy Smith. These are boys that are, they've kind of done the circuits, they've done the lower league circuits. You're, they're not going to go to Elgin and be surprised. Um, so I, I think just with the experience through that air team, especially in key positions, like we spoke about their centre half, centre midfield, and, and through the middle up front with Moffat, um, even Luke McCown's got a good number of games for his age, so I can't see it past a convincing Air one, James. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> same for me. To be honest, I'm I'm with you in that one. I think it's going to be an air one. I think it'll be 
not a, a comprehensive victory um, score-wise, but I think Aero will be relatively comfortable. We spoke a wee bit about Hester previously and thinking of could he sort of make the step up and play higher up and I think the general conclusion was I could, but it's maybe a wee bit comfortable, stays perhaps in that region and um, would they want to move anywhere else? But I think if he was willing to move, is he going to get into the air team? Is he going to be challenging that air defence? Probably not for me. So you're looking at sort of Elgin's best player or the, the spark, I think, that would give them that sort of cup hope. And I think he's not quite at the level that's going to cause them bother. Maybe if he had a season under him, maybe if he was playing consistently, consistently at that level, I but in a one-off, I think he's got the potential to do something, but also he's got the potential just to not get very much against that air defence. So, yeah, I think air are just going to be a wee bit a wee bit stronger and uh, do it over the night. Agreed, agreed. And Muzz, you kind of gave us the segue into this, talking about junior teams or low-end league teams that are potentially could punch above their weight. Kelty Hearts will Stranraer. Now, Stranraer are flying, obviously, as we've said earlier in this episode. Kelty are going well as well. That'll be a very good game, I think. That'll be that'll be a, a knife edge. I think Kelty can have that squad to compete with um, to compete with anyone in in the league, really, um, League One and League Two, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep signing strikers as well. I think they they signed um, Shanley from from Hibs and then Rogers today, the East Sterling record goal scorer, I believe. So um, they're just adding. I I don't know if they're they've obviously got. Concerns in the striking department, so they're just adding firepower, um, and it's t- a timely kind of uh, intervention, really, um, because they're going to need it against Stranraer. Um, mm-hmm. I can see personally. I think Stranraer won this. I think just if the yeah. formula on, like you say, Kelty have got League One, League Two players, but I think Stranraer have just been playing at that level. If that makes sense, in the Lowland League, there's probably a group of teams that are all similar level, but I think the drop-off's massive, so Kelty maybe not used to playing this standard week in, week out. I just, see, for me, I fancy Stranra. Uh, I think they'll probably be a decent price as well. Wouldn't surprise me if Kelty were favourites, with the bookies in. True, true. Um, And I don't know if, I don't know if the league clubs go there with a slight, I don't know, not not an intimidation, they would never admit to that, but do they go go to Kelty and everybody knows the money and they've got and the players they signed and little Barry Ferguson thing. Do, mm-hmm. do does that catch leaks out? And I think I think it works two ways. I think teams in Kelty's league will rise to that and stand up to it and not be pushed over by it. But do, does it catch league teams off guard? I don't know. Do they go down there? Will Stranraer show them respect? Too much respect? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what would your I, prediction I, I, be? I, I, my prediction would be a draw in 90 minutes. Um, I'll give you that, hopefully. even though James didn't give me it in the inning, Fort Martin. Uh, I'll no, all, I, all I asked was if, uh, if it counted. Penalties would be a flip of the coin, so I would backstorm that and penalties with big, uh, big Fleming goals. Agreed. James, how do you see that one go? Um, I'll go for a county win here, I think. Um, just you, you said it, and for me, uh, I'm with you. Even though you then went on to sort of deny your sort of beliefs here, I think they do have players that should be playing or could be playing. Sorry, in sort of League One, League Two, 
if you flick through that squad list, there's many more players in that team that are starting and playing consistently or are sort of sitting on the bench ready to come on that will change games and that will inspire you more so than looking at that Annan squad. So if I'm sort of Kane and Annan for not being an inspiring team, I can't then look at Kelty and say, aye, they're good. They've got players that will flip a game and they'll back them. So for me, yeah, Kelty have got it. Um, okay. Just seem steamroll teams out of nowhere sometimes. So not be a steamrolling of Stranraer, but I think there'll be, it'll be a good performance and it'll be a, if it's on, it'll be a game to watch. I think it'll be quite a, quite a battle to be fair. And your um, League Two team of choice, uh, Cowden travel to Partick. Another Craig Bar wonder goal in the offing potentially. Will, will, will Ian McCall be on the men falls or will he be on the cigars? What was the... I um, I don't know if I want to call this because the last time we were looking at a Cowden game and I said it would be shocking. Just two teams who are just rotten. Um, I think that was the wonder goal when Ian Russell. Double, um, talking about team games of individual errors and that, but I, I think Cowden need to do something. Um, obviously with the position they're in, but at the same time, I think Partick's not quite the team for it. If I'm in that squad, I'm saying, look, we'll go out, we'll give it a whirl, we'll play ninety minutes. Gutted if we lose. Um, you're not getting anything for getting a bigger team next round, you're not getting a big payout necessarily with a filled stadium or anything like that. It's just another fixture on your list and you've got your woes to seek. So perhaps you go out, you give it a bash if you're cowed in, you try and hit your 40-yard worldies. But if not, it's a shame. Um, go back and try and not get relegated. Mm-hmm. I, so I Park, think if... Uh, yeah, I'm back in Partick as well. I think had it been at Central Park, Mods Cowden have got more of a chance, especially given Partick's record in League One and potentially going to these sticky venues and, and struggling, given, like we said, their form this season. You've seen a fair wee bit of Partick. Can't see past them, yeah? I would back Partick Thistle as well. Um, I think I, I watched them Peterhead most recently and they struggled to break down Peterhead the way they, the way they sat in. Cowden Beath will, will offer the same kind of test, I think, but mm-hmm. maybe minus that bit of like guile that, that Peterhead have in the likes of Scott Brown and, yeah, and Stephen Boyd and front. things like that. So uh, they were due to be without Rudden and Graham at, uh, in the league, although Rudden was suspended for the league, so he should be back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Graham's back as well. Um, I think they'll. Park Thistle will just have a bit too much for Cowdenbeath in this one, but and and, and Thistle also they're not gonna. I think they've had a shot going in the league too, so they're not gonna underestimate Cowdenbeath at yeah, all. Gonna, I think they're well, gonna come yeah. out and and give this treat this you know very seriously, and I think they'll win. Not necessarily by a lot. It might be it might be a one two nil job or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, touching it from a Partickmore point of view in the, in the League One episode. Um, I think, sorry, just before you, you skip on, I think Muzz has nailed it there, just in his, his little comment that they'll they'll be quite serious about it. I think that's going to be one of the things that will sort of play a factor there because Partick need to be sort of winning things. That's what they want to be doing, cups, leagues, whatever. Winning where you can. Um, whereas Cowden, I maybe not take it as seriously. So it'll be maybe a mindset going into it. Everyone obviously wants to win football games, but like I'd said, and like sort of Muzz touched on there, I think the focus on for a victory will be more in Partick said than it will in Cowden's. 
Agreed, agreed. And then two other fixtures, much that you've seen both the, the teams for. Um, Peterhead Stenny being the first of those. Yeah, again, like... Stodgy, keep... low scoring, I think, this one. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's, that'll, be a, that'll be a bit of a, a battle, I think, because um, Stenish Muir, the way they play, they're quite... They're quite they, they are quite dynamic and have quite a varied style, but um, they do they do adapt quite well to a battle and, and Peterhead will kind of slog it out with them I think here a lot of a lot of long balls um, that's Andy Munro's bread and butter I think. aye aye right up to right up to McGuigan and if it's not McGuigan it'll be uh, big uh, Gary McKenzie just doming it backwards <laughs> so in fact they could maybe just take Evan off the pitch and just let Munro and McKenzie just header it back to each other I I can't see past. I think Peterhead can nick it with it being up the road there. Um, like you said, they're used to they're used to grinding teams out, and I think Peterhead would maybe struggle if it was a team they were expected to beat. You know, maybe where they need to, in terms of maybe if it was a Brecon or an Albion Rovers or a Fort Martin, where Peterhead need to open up and go and attack because they've not been used to that, have they? So I think they'll kind of sit off it, see how Steny go, but I fancy them just to have enough to get to go over the line. I think you're spot on. If they if they have to go at a team, um, I think they'll get caught. They're more in their comfort zone, with their back slightly to the wall, with a cautious mentality approaching a game where they can really kind of implement their system properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think they'll. I think they'll treat Stenish Muir as, as kind of like even keel, even opposition. Yeah. Um, there will be. They won't be like any in any way going for it gung ho. They'll be. They'll treat it like a league game, um, and yeah. I think that'll see them through. Like you, I agree. Peterhead win for me. Another, the one other one that you've seen both the teams is Airdrie Edinburgh City. Now, obviously, Edinburgh City won the reverse game in, in the Betfred. What was it in October, November? Off the back of Airdrie's five 0 win, by the way, um, at home to Clyde. So that yeah. was really, really unexpected. Caught completely uh, off guard. So that's a good point. Um, and we, we, we've spoken about Edinburgh City being one of those teams that can turn up and. They tend to play better against better teams from looking at it. You know, they gave Queen's Park uh, a decent game. They've obviously beaten Airdrie and the Betfred and things. So, but it's at Airdrie, although both teams play in the plastic anyway, or Astro anyway. So I can't see past Airdrie for this one. I think they're flying um, with the goals they've got through them. And I, for me, Edinburgh City too hot slash cold at any given time. Yeah, a bit of time's gone past since that last result. But I mean, that that's regardless of that, because of what happened before, Airdrie are going to be extra mm-hmm. careful mm-hmm. this game, I think. But a bit of time's passed. You know, things have levelled out a bit. And Edinburgh, yeah, they like you say, they can turn up on their day. Airdrie started to be a a wee bit more consistent. The last certainly the last couple of performances, um, maybe not quite like all the all, all the time like with results such as maybe in the Montrose game. Mm-hmm. But they certainly. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I was at that Airdrie Edinburgh City game and Airdrie battered them in chances. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Airdrie will win. They both had they both had a break, but mm-hmm. Airdrie being the full time uh, training team as well. I think for me, like you say, they're going to have too much for Edinburgh City. Managed to retain Connell as well from Kamarnik for the rest of the season, which will help. Yeah, uh, brilliant to, to get to get him on board. I thought with Brophy season. going to Kilmarnock, obviously signed a pre-contract Brophy, hasn't he? And it looks as though, sorry, Brophy going to St Mirren, 
um, signed a pre-contract looks as what could be going in January. I thought Kelly maybe bring Connell back, having given that he's played all right, but they've chosen to keep him out of here, Yeah, they obviously, they obviously have thought of that and come to that decision that they're, they're comfortable with him being out of Whether he has a recall clause where he can come back at any time, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, all, there's also Ennis Cameron out of the air. Would he be the player the that would look to recall that, first? Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, it's all, all power to Audrey for keeping them, you know. That's a good point. Um, so, James, then, very quickly, but we'll get you to look at the other two games. Your predictions, Peterhead, Steny, and Airdrie, Edinburgh City. Um, yeah, again, like Lodge had said, it's almost a toss of the coin. Peterhead, Steny, but I think Peterhead will see it out for me. Um, given, you, given your track record, I'm not surprised. That, with Steny Smear, I'm not surprised that you're better. Yeah. Didn't, didn't he does? Yeah. Although maybe I can back up and go and win the cup and try and redeem myself, <laughs> but no, Peter Head. Um, and Airdrie Edinburgh. I'd get a line on Airdrie, but both teams to score, I think, in that one. So I think I think it'll be a a fight perhaps from Edinburgh City, but I think Airdrie will, will win. And one of the games, arguably the biggest of the round, in fact, and not the round, but in terms of the League Two teams, I think it's on TV actually, Queen's Park against Queen of the South. Yeah, that would be huge, I think. Um, two teams that could very well meet each other more and more. Uh, next season, through, <laughs> as the Years and the seasons progress. But um, I, if you look at like a, a cup game with that big a goal, you're usually back in the, the team in the higher division, but for me, I think the way that Queen's Park are going, we knew they'd have a good season and sort of I was maybe questioning them at the start if we'd been a bit duped by their squad, but we definitely haven't been. Uh, that squad is doing very well for uh, Queen's Park. And I think they'll have more... I don't know. I think form's going to play a large part in it as well. And if you go into cup games, regardless of who your opposition is, in good form, I think you'll you'll have that back in. But... Mm-hmm. You're not looking really at Queen of the South's sort of team that's stuffy or hard to break down. And sometimes get teams that are getting relegated, but they're just sort of losing games here and there and it's individual errors or whatever. But for me, I think that Queen's Park team, the sort of the way they're going and the the players they've got, I think they'll have enough to see it out as well. I think the management team is going to have a game plan for that as well for Queen's Park. You're no sort of paying mm-hmm. that money and getting those players and backroom staff in just to go yeah we'll give it a bash against Queen of the South to see what happens and I think that's a, a very well equipped Queen's Park team to, to um, win that tie yeah we'll talk about it from a Queen of the South point of view in the championship episode but Muzz they did get a good win against uh, Air, wasn't it at the weekend there but if you're and let's say but we'll look at it from their point of view in the next episode in the championship episode if you're Ray McKinnon like James says do you go out there and you play that kind of relatively attacking 4-4-2 that he likes to play or 4-2-3-1 or just sit off the game at, at home and respect Queen of the South how do you how do you see him playing it given the, the form of both the teams and the players he's got at his disposal yeah, it's it's a tough one. Do you play the four two three one? Be a bit more conservative and lose a lose a striker, or do you crowbar in all your your best players? And mm-hmm. if if your best players being in the squad require you to play two up front, um, I don't know. You know, it's to me, it's um, to me that it's a really tight one. And after backing Elgin to beat. Um, air, it would be illogical just to say because Queen of the South are at the championship side, 
expect them to win. But there's just something that tells me I think they could sneak it, Queen of the South. I think I think if they do, they might run it to Queen's Park, might run them to, to a draw in 90 minutes, but Queen of the South maybe take, take the penalty shootout or something. It's just, I don't know. I, it, it, I, without, I don't want to go into any detail why, because I don't really know why I think that. But I just think um, with McKinnon's teams, just how, he, yeah, the Queen Park just motoring through the league. Um, they're not tanking teams, but there was no, you know, to, to suddenly expect that they're going to do that would be a bit blasé and presumptuous, I think. But mm-hmm. uh, I, was the, I think in the Battle of the Queens, the South won in the last, sorry, in the league, the League Cup. I think they played each other in the groups. I think Queen of the South won that one, but. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so that rematch in the Bedford day. That was worth Simon. Maybe that's, maybe that's, maybe that's kind of lingering in the back was. of my mind. Yeah. I think that's why when I was touching on form there, I think the way that the teams are going now, it's been a wee bit more settled, which might play in it. But when you're saying I don't know why I'm back in Queen of the South, it might be because they've done it already. I'm going yeah. to back Queen of the South as well. I think <clears throat> they'll just have a wee bit too much for, for Queen's Park. And then finally, Mars, a game that... Uh, I know that you like both teams involved and not just because Bill was with us. Sterling Albion hosts Rafe Rovers. Yes, big fan of uh, of both outfits, really. Um, yeah, well, we know Bill will have done all the homework he possibly can. Uh, so He'll have been delighted because the championship wise guy is a bit better than the League Two wise guy. <laughs> so, yeah. I, um, I think Wraith uh, Rovers. Um, will win that game though because I think you know they they were rampant in League One quite often and um, again it's like that air isn't it by I'm back in air they've got players that have done the circuits at those type of grounds and fourth bank last I was there the pitch is good which is going to suit Ray if you know as a League Two team playing Ray if you almost want the pitch to be a tatty field aye exactly um, they, they won't change the way they play um, they'll they'll go strong. They'll go they'll, they'll go pretty much full strength. Um, Wraith. and yeah, I mean in the, in the cups as well. They've I was at the the Livy game when they they went one 0 up and Livingston won that game. But they, they did Wraith, Wraith went there and and um, played the exact same way they play. Tried to impose that game on Livy, and I just think there'll be there'll be too much uh, there'll be too much movement. There'll be too much overlaps. There'll be too many third man runs, and I think there'll be all sorts of things going on in the Albion defence. And I think this will just be a step too much for them. I think you, you, you can know you can know what Wraith are going to do to an extent and find it very difficult to stop it. Um, they play high stop, up. They and, need to stop Henry playing, don't they? Yeah, they need to stop him um, pulling it from pulling strings from from deeper, and they need to follow the runs of Armstrong and Ross and they, yeah, they Ross is on a good bit form, physicality of of Duku and things like that. There's so many sort of. Uh, What's the word? So many strings to their bow. Yeah, precisely. Um, as, and, and as good as Sterling are, um, um, I don't think they'll be able to quite cope with Wraith. I, I'm with you. I can see Wraith edging it, to be fair. I think Sterling will be good. I think they'll give them a game. I think they'll keep doing what they've been doing in the league. I can't see them changing too much or giving Wraith too much respect. The defence has been good in the league. Um, be interesting with it being the cup to see if they go with Curry or if they keep Cammy Benny in goals because Benny's been back in for the league games but Curry played against um, who did they play in the last round of the cup they, they, he played in the cup anyway I can't remember who it was now off the top of my head um, James how did you see that one? 
Yeah, I agree with you, boys. Um, I don't think there's much more for me to add to that, but um, I think Muzz has, has nailed it, that you can go and do as much homework as you want, but you still actually need to be able to stop it. Um, and, and like you said, Andy, I think that, that Sterling will go out and try and have a bit of confidence, and rightfully so, and fancying maybe on the break, or fancy certainly giving Rafe a game and sort of trying to do a smash and grab job. But I think there's just just too much to do, too much to break down, too much to sort of sort of defend against, especially if you're getting that Wraith team up in your face or you're you try and counter, you're gonna get countered on yourself by that swashbuckling forward movement as Muzz likes to refer to. So yeah, I think like I say, there's not much more I can add than you boys have said, but I think that Sterling should have every confidence going in, but just it's no one like that. That'll be interesting, actually. There's a bunch of games and there's some good games in there, Maz, isn't there? Like, like you said, for this round of the cup. Yeah, really, lots of really difficult to call ones. Um, like I said, those teams that will consider themselves um, vying for, you know, in the future for, for um, League Two spots. So, um, and ones that can already compete. Like we saw, we saw um, Bucky Thistle dispatch Albion over so easily. And that was just kind of an example of that where mm-hmm. none of these teams are going to be taken for granted. So loads of loads of value in if you're a, if you're putting a line on there, I would say. I know, I agreed. And it was Berwick Rangers away uh, that still and Albion played in the last round. Just came out. So <clears throat> that that uh, rounds up the League Two edition here. We'll see how we get on next week with our predictions, and we'll also preview the upcoming league fixtures. Out of the eight fixtures that we've got written down here, I'd imagine with four go ahead, we're doing well, given the weather. Um, but like I say, any feedback or questions or comments or journeyman spots of the week, comment below this video or get in touch with us via Twitter at Turnstiles. Like I said, at the start, you can listen to us on Spotify by searching through the Turnstiles. If you could like and subscribe to this video on YouTube, that would be much appreciated. I think that's all the housekeeping done. So thank you very much for joining us. We hope to see you next Thursday. Uh, take care. Cheers. Cheers.